Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, my friends, to tonight's Friday Night Spiritual Night, Crossing the Rainbow Bridge, with special co-host Elizabeth DeFres. Let the music calm and relax you, and bring you into that space where you can just relax, let go, and be, my friends. Welcome, 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 my friends, to tonight's Friday night, spiritual night, Relax, Let Go, and Be With Charles, and we have a beautiful and wonderful soul, human being, and she has so much to share in that music that you just relax to on your way in is a creation, one of her many creations of beautiful meditation and mind-body-soul connection music, and you can access all of that. There's a link all of that in the show's description tonight and she is our co-host tonight as well elizabeth defreyas who has so much to share on the experience that we're going to be talking about tonight my friends and it's an it's such an important part of our life i think from very early on in our lives from that first breath the one thing we're always guaranteed is that at some point this avatar is going to take its last breath and we know that's what's going to happen. And we've talked about in our Friday night, spiritual nights leading up to now, about living a life full of joy and being in peace and connection to your mind, body, and spirit. And one of, this, one of the awesome gifts that being connected to your mind, body, and spirit brings to your life is 
the knowing and the experiencing that when this avatar is ready to go and this spirit's ready to move on, it is a transition. And it's a transition that many of us have gone through many times before. And that there's a part of our consciousness, a part of our being that is experienced things even beyond being in these avatars, being in this human life. And there's multiple ways to describe it. There's been every religion and fractions of religions have their way of describing different things. Many traditions and spiritual ways of being from pagan to druid to native have all included rites of passage, rites of transition. Every single one, though, has one thing in common. A part of our consciousness, a part of our being, the part that experience this life is connecting to something that defies complete description as a human being. Because while we're here, we're focusing on this life. But there can be a, such a peace in your heart and mind for yourself as well as those around you to know that this truly is a transition when this time of life comes, when you're nearing the end. And, of course, many of us, it can be in an instant and and unexpected. So there's many times, that's why I always say live every moment, right? And be in, be present in your mind, body, and spirit every moment. But for many of us, the way that this happens is a transition. And what Elizabeth and I have both worked with in our lives, in our careers, and in our missions, in our heart work, has been being there for people at that time of transition, which although is by far one of the hardest things on some levels, emotionally and spiritually to do, it also comes with the biggest gift. And with that, I'm going to bring on our amazing co-host for the night, Elizabeth DeFreyas. And she is, if you were with us a week ago, a couple weeks ago, we had her on with her music. She's been on the show back years ago, was on the show with her music. And we taught, she has a long career as a social worker, a spiritual healer, working in hospice. And her music and her meditations became inspired by working with people and being with people in that in that moment of transition and helping that moment in transition. And it became a big part of who she was and who her heart was and who her spirit was to be there and play the harp and play music and, and create this vibration that helped in the transition and the peace. And you can't get more beautiful than that, I don't think. And Welcome to the show, Elizabeth. Oh, that's so beautiful, Charles. Thank you so much. I am just honored to be here with you. Well, and just for people that might just be tuning in tonight, share a little bit about your journey, because I know it even started well before the harp. The harp became a a new instrument in the mission. Mm -hmm. Uh, Your journey that brought you to being there for people at that time of transition and 
knowing mm-hmm. that that was a part of your calling, your mission. Mm-hmm. Well, I'd be happy to share that because for me, the experience was definitely an inner call, which happened probably in 1989-ish. I was just not new out of college in my, with my social work and working in California, but I kept, I was working with the recovering community, and the thing that kept coming up for me were people living with HIV, something about HIV, and I thought, I wonder what this is. I didn't really understand it. But when I asked Spirit, like, what what is this that I need to see, I heard so loudly that I needed to work with people with HIV and AIDS. And I thought, well, I wonder how I'm going to do that. I, I and in, in that moment, I had some synchronistic events where there was a beautiful pastor that I was working with in Spokane who told me uh, that my, my partner and I should go to Spokane, Washington, because it's God's country there, and there's a lot of big work. And I really needed to explore that. And so on our vacation, we ended up uh, finding our way to Spokane. And when I saw the trees and I saw just the valley and the mountains, I just knew in my heart that I had landed in a place that was like for deep journey. And I started to do a job search. And to make a long story short, what ended up coming up for me was the Spokane Regional Health District was just starting their HIV AIDS program and guess what? I was in an interview, and I was thinking to myself, I know, I was thinking to myself, oh, my gosh, you know, this is what spirit told me, and how in the world did I end up knowing where to explore, what to do, the steps to take. It was all lined out for me, but in the same moment, it was just incredible mystery. But when I met the director of that program, she, she barely even looked at my resume she just felt my energy and my passion and she says I want you here in this program we're just starting this program and and we really could use your energy and your passion and your heart and that's where I began and it was huge for me because when we began working with people with HIV and AIDS these were young people that were getting sick and then dying really soon after they were diagnosed And it was, like, huge. And so part of my role as a case manager was to have the gift and opportunity to meet people where they are, to have an understanding of what was up for them, how could I connect them with the needed resources that they they needed, whether it was financial or medical. I got to meet a lot of beautiful medical people in the community, and through that, so much arose in terms of networking with people like you, you know, to unfold a retreat that could gather people in a spiritual way to really explore what is this living with HIV all about. And the reason that's so important to our topic right now, Charles, I feel is because the, you know, you don't think when you're in your twenties that you're going to be at the end of your life with a life threatening illness. It's just right. not something that normally comes to the mind of a, of a young person. Like at the very like moment, you're just like launching on your life. All of a sudden, there's this some strange illness called AIDS, and now you're having all these 
you know, physical issues and people are telling you your immune system is compromised and we have no cure. And and that was where, you know, the beginning of my journey of really, I mean, I was in my 40s or 30s when I was there at the health district. And I have to say that it really uh, inspired me to do my inner work because these are people not that far from my age that were dying. And um, to unknown disease and how without a cure and without hardly any resources. Spokane hardly had any resources for people that were diagnosed with AIDS. And so part of our work together as a community as we network was to assist people in finding each other, number one, so they could begin to find that sense of community and then to really look at what is living life all about and what are the steps we need to take to really um, prepare for the end of our life because we see it coming and we see yeah. it happening all around us. How, what, how, how will we show up for ourselves? What will we do? Um, that was that was a beautiful gift to me to be able to companion with others and to just be uh, a loving presence and a, and a great listener and a connector in the best way that I could to support people in walking through that whole journey of living life, but also embracing the end of their life in ways that they needed to prepare for, for what that would, for what was to come for them. Yeah. And then I know for you it, uh, and for me too, that when you worked with the community in those ways and we facilitated for them and we did the retreats, we did the gatherings, we also became close and then there became the people that we would be there uh, mm-hmm. near the end. Or, you know, you, you, you weren't just a facilitator for the, for the week of the retreat or the monthly gathering, you became very connected mm-hmm. and I, I'm the same. Others were the same that participated. And like you said, and there over time and for me in different ways, you know, the, the, the beginning was different, but then a defining point was I, I had been there a couple of times for people crossing over previous. Um, I want to back up and say we were very similar in that, I had a dream one night many years ago in 1990. It was for me so very close timing because you said 89. Yeah. And and I think to change where I was, I'd had a career that was going, but I also knew that that's not the career I wanted to continue to pursue. And it was retail management. And I made it to the top and was the youngest, well, second youngest by a month in my company to do so. But I also saw that that just really wasn't where I wanted to spend my time and my talents. You know, I, I, and so I, but I wasn't sure what was next and literally had a dream one night that said the rest of your life starts here. You must go here. And I'm getting goosebumps right yeah. now. And, and I, back then, no, back then, no Google Maps. So the next morning I pulled out a, our, you know, Atlas, <laughs> you know, uh, and mm-hmm. opened it because I saw it was near Washington, this area of the country, you know, and then when I, and I might, I did know that my, wife and part of her family were from Spokane, but honestly, I'd never been here and I didn't know any idea of where it was in the state. I'd never looked at it, you know, and so here I was and I was like, it was this area. And then I went to the Washington 
map and I realized, oh, it's right here. Oh, that's where Spokane is. Well, then we're going to Spokane, <laughs> you know. And <laughs> for me, so much changed in that the, the next two or three years after I got here and then began doing the work. And then very early in being uh, certified, doing the hypnotherapy and the guided meditations, I meet Helen and Dale Bloom and you and hear about in the Northwest AIDS Coalition in the retreats. And so even though previous to that, yes, there'd been a couple times when I'd guided someone over. Now it was, like you said, it was, it was happening so quickly and with such a young group of people. And the other thing that I remember from the retreats is it starting off and it being, I think I came in one or two retreats in and then was there for a few. And we saw the numbers also switch to get from just a few women to the very last retreats, there were more women than men. Also proving how the pen, you know, how that HIV was spreading in different ways and, and in ways that people didn't imagine or think about. And it, and so the, being with those people and also seeing their, seeing them go through the places and coming to the place of acceptance and hearing from more than one of them that they felt I'm getting chills right now, and it was so hard for me to understand. I remember uh, one sitting and explaining to me because I said, everyone keeps saying that because they would say, this was a blessing. This changed my life. This, mm. ha- this happened. This happened. And, I would, and I would think to myself, but really? <laughs> like, help me understand. You know, help me understand what you're saying <laughs> because it doesn't seem that way to me, you know, and, and it was a blessing to be able to have them share and say that for their life for their journey, for their experience. This change mm. in positive ways or, or, and in some cases, just like I've talked about in some previous shows with some, some younger ones that, that passed in different ways. Sometimes people know that they're going to mm-hmm. be here for a shorter period of time and they may not know the details, you know what I mean? And for other people, because of other circumstances and experiences in their life, Sometimes have, when they had that happen, it it made things real. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's and that's mm-hmm. what we both experienced. When mm-hmm. someone gets we go, when someone gets that diagnosis or is told, you know, they every single person I've ever worked with says that everything that was important the day before is ninety percent of it no longer matters. At all, <laughs> you know what I mean, right? It's, 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 yes, I do know what you mean. Mm-hmm. What you're bringing up is so huge, Charles, because I haven't heard this just with HIV. I've heard it with people that were diagnosed with cancer, or you know, many mm-hmm. of the people that I spoke with and companioned with and supported with hospice. Many would say those same things to me about the blessings that were so huge for them. And I had to ask those same questions that you just mentioned. How is it is it a blessing? And in that experience, I learned so much because when you are diagnosed with a life-limiting illness or one that says we have no cure, so, you know, we don't know, we can't say that there's anything here for you in the medical world, that enables a person to really 
decide or not decide? Am I truly living my life the way I truly am guided? Is this bringing me joy to do what I'm doing right now? Like, what is it that I value? It starts to bring in those questions. And this is for all of us. You know, it's yeah. to say, wow, am, I'm doing this thing and I'm not finding joy in it. Why am I doing this thing that I'm not finding joy in? When I just met this person who is so happy and they're living with AIDS and they don't know if it's going to be three months or three weeks, but they are real and authentic and welcome and embrace intimacy and welcome the communion and the connection of being on this earth and being with one another. They find joy in the beingness because we recognize that this moment is all we have. We don't know what our next moment is, but we know what it is right now, this moment. And that's, Yes, and it creates a sudden living in the now, and mm-hmm. and it's what I've, and I've in many of the shows when we around even around this topic, I say that that is always the challenge <coughs> for us before we know such things is to live in the now, to really decide that our that we are worthy and deserving of experiencing the things that. We came in these avatars to experience, and like you just said, if there's parts of your life that really aren't supporting that or really dragging that down, then you do have to take a look at what's happening. If, you, if you're hating your job or hating your relationship or struggling, as some people, not just in the LBGP community, but in many different communities, uh, you know, their home life or their home family is not supporting them. And they have to get away in order to create a family of choice and a, and a way of being. And, or they're working at jobs or they're living in situations or places even. Like me moving from where I did to here. You know, it, I can't imagine what my life would have been if I'd stayed where I was. Not that it couldn't have still had a bunch of experiences, but it would not have been the life and the mission I came to experience. And so many people and connections mm-hmm. flowed together by following that guidance. And knowing that, okay, I can, and that's why connecting to mind, body, and soul can be so important because it can allow you to know, you know, I was in Miami, Florida, <laughs> to know, okay, you're going to go, and I'd lived in the Midwest and a little bit in North and South Carolina and even a little small, as quick as I could get out of there, no offense to listeners from Alabama, Alabama is in a teeny little town and I did not like it. I wanted, yeah, but anyway, I, um, and here I am traveling from Miami to Spokane to over 3,000 miles and to an, area I've never, to an area <laughs> I've never been and thinking, but, but because of my connection to heart and soul and, and knowing that this is something was going to happen here and boy, I did not know all of the things would, <laughs> you know, um, mm-hmm. now you also for the past, well, that led you to here. And then we talked last time about mm-hmm. how music became part of the mission and, and part of the experience mm-hmm. for you. And that was that was in the mid-90s, right, that the harp came into being in your life? Yeah, it was actually the early 1990s. It was, I was oh, still, early. Okay. I was, 
no, no, no. He was, it was mid 1990s. You're right. Um, I was just getting a little ahead of myself. Um, yeah, I had, I'll just say that I went through an experience, which I would call the dark night of the soul, because after we completed, we had this beautiful experience where we brought the AIDS memorial quilt to Gonzaga University. Yeah, it was yeah. big. We had, I, I was the volunteer coordinator for that, along with doing the other things I was doing. And I was not feeling up to my best par. I knew there was something going on, but I I just had to keep pushing through. It was something I just really, really had to do. I mean, it just felt like it was so important to bring the quilt to Spokane. And it was so powerful, Charles. I mean, the the numbers of people. I mean, there was like 200 volunteers right. that were holding space for the quilt to be here and all the people living with HIV and AIDS and all the supportive people in our community that was there to acknowledge. It was the importance of acknowledging the loss, the, the life, um, and the connection that was so huge across America and the world of all this experience where people were going through. It was a sense of community that was so huge. And so beautiful. And yes. not too much longer after the quilt came, I noticed I was getting very, very fatigued. Fatigued, And I, I didn't realize it, but I, I was diagnosed with a fibromyalgia, but it was almost like chronic fatigue because I just had no energy. I, I just felt like I couldn't, I would start to go into tears just thinking about putting my boots on and getting in my car to drive to work. Oh so God. I thought... Um, I know. I thought, well, golly, if I take a month off, then I can just get back to the health district. Everything's good. Uh, I took that month off living in a little log cabin in the woods with no running water and no telephone. And I realized that, oh, my goodness, I wasn't getting better. And so I ended up having to leave my job, leave my career, leave everything, which to me was a dark night of the soul, which is a kind of a form of death. And yeah. at the same time, yeah. I felt I felt as I felt as if I was letting everyone down that I was supporting, all the people that I had come to support through the years, and so it was a very difficult time. And I I can just remember feeling as if I was dying, you know. And I was looking at my life, thinking, okay, so what is this? all about, you know, thinking about all I got to experience with working with everyone who is at the end of their life. And I realized this was the greatest opportunity for me to look at whatever that was within me that could have contributed to this fatigue. It was Helen Bonzer who helped me understand it was compassion fatigue. Oh, wow. um, and realizing the numbers and numbers and numbers of people that I said, there were hundreds of people that I walked with. And I didn't get it until the AIDS Memorial Quilt. And I went up there to read the names and I just, I went blank. I was like, there's so many. I cannot remember everyone's name. And I just wept. And and yet, the experience that I had was so deep, was so intimate, was so precious, but it was a compound loss. I was saying goodbye day after day after day after day. And what I did not realize 
is that I had not healed the trauma and the loss within my own life and that these were a gift to me. And that's why I could understand them saying what a blessing it was because it was such a blessing that I could barely do anything except chop wood and carry water. That was all I could do each and every day. I had the benefit of living close to the earth with no one to talk to except for my dog and no cell phone and just being by the water that was meandering through and listening to the song of the water and giving gratitude for just the simplicity of life that I came to by myself in the woods north of Tum Tum. Who would ever think a social worker who was born in the city would even come to the country in such a way and even know what to do. So it was like a powerful healing experience for me to really grieve those losses that I hadn't grieved, that I hadn't given myself permission to acknowledge. And when Helen said it was compassion fatigue, it just all the dots connected for me right. into recognizing And this is why, for myself, I am such a strong advocate for care partners and professionals to do that work of loving yourself and putting your oxygen mask on first and realizing even though we have big work, we have to love ourselves, we have to nourish ourselves, we have to recognize as we're in presence with others What are those things that are hidden within us that are maybe uh, bringing a certain filter to our experience uh, of people that are facing end-of-life issues? And it gave me an opportunity to really go deep within myself to see what was in the way for me to love myself fully, but also to be present with others in a way that was way greater, more intimate than I had ever known. But I had to come to that intimacy within myself. In order to be able to share that with somebody else, yes. Yeah, absolutely. At the the deepest level, yes. Mm -hmm. And then it's it's after that point that the, after that. The heart came to me. Not point, because that was, after that journey, and and that's, you and I have both experienced that some, and we've been experienced it a, uh, together a couple times out at heart song and out at red cloud where you can have those moments where you can go and be by yourself and connected to nature. And one thing I loved about heart song is that, and people would get frustrated. And I'm like, and this was back in the beginning of cell phones in the nineties. And I said, don't worry about it. Let relax, you know, and let go. And because cell phones would not work there at Heart Song, people were it's like, it just told them before they ever got, sorry about it. They're not going to pick anything up. All the rocks, all the energy from there made it impossible. And yeah, you need those, you need those moments of respite and those moments of just being and connecting and sitting and listening to the water and connecting with nature and connecting with your soul. And it does change the way in the in the very mind spirit intimate level that you can be there for someone and there's no faking that you either and and people can sense it and feel it and know it uh and 
so then that led to you, led to the harp coming into being. Right. It was in the journey of the dark night that I ended up in Spokane's music store where the harp came to me. So imagine that. I mean, imagine that depth of that healing experience and everything I was going through physically. I even had a Native American healer tell me that, um, you know, you're really close to living this world. And I said, yes, I know this. Mm -hmm. I mean, I knew it in the depth of my soul. But it wasn't just the physicality of it. It was the soulfulness. I was soul weary. I was in the dark night. I was questioning everything. What is my reason for being here? What is this all about? And in the gift of the dark night are the blessings of healing and understanding and connection and true resurrection in in so many ways from the depths of the darkness to the light. And the harp was that light for me. It was one of the sparks of light that said, whoa, this thing that just happened, this being enfolded in the light of the divine when you came with this harp was telling me, you're not done. There's something else for you to do here. Get up and do it. And it was just, easy because I was so in the great mystery of it all. I had never had an experience like that with an instrument and neither had I ever been felt like I was in a vortex of light of just like I was in the light. I was, I was in this oneness experience and it was the way that spirit was speaking to me. I was totally guided in that moment. And that very quickly became being playing for people at times of transition. Well, very quickly, because once I understood that the harp was meant to be at the bedside, I asked, and I was invited. The first person was Susu, and she asked me to play uh, for her brother, who was part of our retreat. Um, And it was after he had passed. And I took my harp on the earth, and we did a celebration of his life. And I had the beautiful invitation of playing music. And after that, I began to be invited to play at bedside and brought my harp into the hospital room, into the home. Um, And truly allowed myself in this holy ground of this precipice of the in-between to bring this music, this song to the bedside to assist people in feeling the presence of love and light and also to be able to unwind from this world And whatever was binding them, whether it was fear, whether it was guilt, whether it was shame. I remember this time I was in the hospital room with this beautiful man who was part of our retreat. And he was really struggling with his family because his family didn't get him. And his family was the HIV community. He was not an easy person to love, but he... He had a shift in his journey 
And he said to me in that, in the, I would say days, maybe not even two days before he passed, he just looked at me and he said, you know, I've figured it out. He said, I realize that as I look at my life, the thing that's the only thing he said that's really important is who do you love and who loves you? Beautiful. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I just, I get tearful just, I'm just feeling the experience of his awakening in that because he had pushed so many people away, but here he was two days from the end of his life, two days before the end of his life on this earth, he recognized the power of love, of not just giving love, but receiving it. I mean, he got that. And that's why it was so profound to me, Charles. It's like, even if we go through whatever we go through in our life, where we think we're the darkest of the dark or whatever it is, our families are not getting with us and we're rejected by the church or our families because of who we are or because we have this illness. And then we get through the journey um, that love is something that unites us. Yeah. And we get that. Yeah. It's like, we are not the black sheep. We are the beloved. Yes. And sometimes yes. it takes, and that was what the retreat was showing me. And just like when you were talking about, people said, this is such a blessing, was because some people were kind of in a self-destruct in their life. And then all of a sudden they have this diagnosis and they don't know how long they're going to live. And they're like, whoa, I want to make this count. Yeah. I want to make this count. And And what we created in those retreats the power of love was so palatable i remember the closing circles and all i could do is just tears streaming down my eyes because the love that i felt from everybody coming together in that loving circle was so huge i felt like the light was shining over in system like it probably went all the way across the cosmos it was so huge um and that is the part that brings me the blessing of joy, is remembering that. Yes, bringing love, bringing powerful. understanding, yeah. bringing compassion, yeah. celebrating that everybody's beautiful and everybody's awesome. And it's not a new spirit that chooses to come in and experience such things. That's the other thing I experienced both with the uh, in those with H retreats as well as other people I've known that have gone through. You know, I think of you know we're both not uh, in our twenties, we'll say, <laughs> and I think of the number of friends and family and and people that we've loved in our lives that aren't here and the different things that they went through, um, and. Again, how each one appreciated and shared that there was a coming together of the, that understanding of love and that understanding when a good friend of mine, now probably 15, maybe even 20 years ago now, who I worked with and we became really good friends and, and then he had a heart attack and he discovered that he'd had several heart attacks and didn't know about it and 
got to the point where there's some healing had happened and there was no, in his case, there was no like terminal diagnosis of, well, you've got, you know, six months or a year, but there was also the understanding that there's just so much wrong and so many valves that are this, that, and the other thing that, that it's just going to deteriorate. And over time, anywhere from a few weeks to a few years, this is going to, you know, there's, this is going to be the end. And he shared with me on his journey where he, he had two families, he, you know, he had a, he had a two wives, you know, the first wife had divorced and then his second wife. And there had been some bitterness and some fighting that had gone on between his first wife and him that had caused some distance with the children there. And he said all those and, and, and other members of his family that had maybe fought when dad died or had this disagreement or that disagreement. And, and he said all his work over the next few months became repairing all those relationships and not in a, in a very genuine way, wanting to leave knowing that he had made some choices and he had let some things stand in the way that, that were petty and, and non-significant now that he knew that his time was so limited. And, mm-hmm. and he realized in that process how much better his life was once he reconnected with all these different family members and they were getting along great. And then, and then he sent, sent me a, a, at the time an, an email so new back then it, it took me a minute to even realize he had sent something. Cause you know, now we check every day, but anyway, he sent this email where he said it, and he was sending it out to a lot of different friends. And what he was saying is, I want to share with you the journey. This was my journey for 50 some years. And this was my journey for the last four months. And my only regret, and I'm always going to get this way. There's a little emotion too, but he's like, my only regret is that within the space of a lifetime, I didn't realize what I realized in the last four months, 50 plus years ago. But I also forgive myself for that and embrace this moment. But I'm sharing this with you. So if you are having these difficulties and these things in your life, you'll realize, don't wait. <laughs> you know, don't wait for a diagnosis of, of the end. Embrace repairing the relationships that you can. And, and that's a two-way street. And I, you know, I know that when we talk about especially LGBT, but also I know a lot of different people, ch- children that were ritually abused, things like that. There are times that family or, or certain family and friends, the right thing to do is get away and get into a family choice. That's part of that being in a space, you know, so I'm not speaking in that way, but so, you know, there are some people that you can discern because of the way they treated you or the, you know, where they were in your life. But I'm talking about the people that are important, the people that we get, let these small little things get in the way of communicating and being, uh, real in our lives with each other. Mm-hmm. And I like the past, word real in, that you're using. You know, and mm-hmm. it's, it's easy to fall into these patterns of negativity or division and not realize that how precious it is each moment that you have. And we're talking mm-hmm. about, you know, in our, a lot of our work, we've worked with people that were, we knew it was coming. You know, and it became a part of my mission in life. And I've shared that before on the show, but it started with my mother-in-law when I was 
living in Florida and she got diagnosed with cancer and about six months in to the diagnosis and, and did we, we got along great, but we did have real different spiritual ways of being. And she, and I've shared that before too, in the beginning, she was very uncertain of me marrying her daughter because she thought I was, my mind, body, spirit stuff was a little too outside the okay realm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because uh, mm-hmm. she was very, very right wing Christian, which was okay. But and 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 I found the common ground because I have a, a part of my background is Christian as well. So I was like, I, I can meet in the middle. And then about six months into her diagnosis, she started speaking to me in ways. And and when other family was around and said, Charles, there's there's things you've talked about that I'm starting to experience. Because through through her experience with cancer, she had a few times where she nearly died and then came back. And, you know, and mm-hmm. so she shared that, you know, hey, I'm starting to experience this and this and this. And and that led to a new relationship between the two of us where many times she would share some things that were happening and she was experiencing. And it led to an unexpected moment for me, fully unexpected and it would start something that I've, that I've done until this year. And that is that when she knew she was really close, it was down to the last few days, she had made it clear to everybody. She said, I want you to come and guide me into the light. And honestly, I didn't even know what that meant for sure. I mean, I, I, I got the concept and I was definitely in the infancy stage of my understanding of mind, body, spirit. And I'd heard of the light, <laughs> you know, I knew that this is something mm-hmm. that happened. Mm-hmm. And then when I was there, she also, she let her, and at first she wasn't going to let anybody else in because she said, you'll try to keep me here. Charles will do this. And then her husband said, can I please come in? I promise I'll help too. And he's looking at me. And so I had looked up some things and talked to some people, you know, to get some ideas. And then in the moment, I just let spirit take over and it happened. And it was mm-hmm such an experience to be a part of and I did not know then that it would be that was probably mid 80s and so five years later I ended up out here and a couple years after just like you within a couple years of coming here there were moments of awakening and and realizing no I need to pursue something different not knowing then it would be that this would be a big part of what I would do is be there for people Either in the moments, because sometimes, and you know too, because some of them we work together, sometimes we just created things to help in that journey, and we weren't there in that mm-hmm. very moment, and then at other times being there for that moment, and and knowing from the experience, both what we both talked about a lot, the, the knowing to live your life and be present and allow love and light and allow joy and let go of those fears and judgments. So that you can be in the now and the experience, which leads to both your mission, but also you experiencing all the wonderful things in your life yeah. that you desire. And knowing that if it, mm-hmm. if it fits for you, then it fits. Not everybody, when we talk about going out and, it, and being in like a cabin for a month or something, sounds like a good time. But I'm telling my friends, if you can allow <laughs> yourself it, it will be. You will surprise yourself unless you totally hate outside, I guess. I don't know. I feel sorry for those people. Um, but part of what I but what learned, you're bringing up, you yeah. Go ahead. You 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 mm-hmm. take off on that one. Yeah. I was just gonna. Well, I was just gonna say the things that you just shared were huge because 
you're you're tapping into so many realms of experiences in the evolution of living life. Because one of the things I heard you say was unfinished business. You were speaking to unfinished business. And that's one of the things that we don't really always consciously understand unless we've had a diagnosis or something happens when we realize who now we're in the hospital and we have hours maybe less and we're, we're in a situation where we're looking back. I call it the life review and we're saying, wow, I never told my mom that I loved her really. And now how do I do that? You know, or there's something that comes to us in that experience where the friends you were saying about the regrets, speaking to the regrets that he didn't really have any for the ones that, you know, came to him in terms of recognizing the way he was living his life. But he was in a life review. And so that's like the, the whole piece of life review is powerful. And I just want to share this one piece that... When I was 19 19 years old, I found myself, I was in college and I I came home because my Nana, who was truly instrumental in assisting me in getting uh, to college, um, and this was before my social work. This came when I was really younger and just exploring. But she was dying of cancer. And I knew that I wanted to be with her. And it just worked out perfectly that when I took my break, she was in the hospital in California, and I got to be with her every single day while she was there. And it was such a powerful experience for me because I had never been with someone who was going to die. I mean, I did have an experience of losing my grandma, but that was a sudden death. And that experience was very different than getting to be with someone and hold their hand. I didn't know what to do when she was in immense pain other than ask the nurses, can't you do something? And then just sit there and hum to her or sing to her or pray with her. I would bring things. She was a very staunch Catholic, you know, and, and there were certain prayers that she loved. So I would, I would draw and I would read. And this one day she was kind of in that place that I think you've talked about it, being in between worlds. Yes. And she was talking to someone, and I thought she was talking to me. And I said, Nana, are you talking to me? She goes, oh, no, honey. And then she started back in the other realm. And she was saying things that reminded me of a life review because she was saying, we did pretty good, didn't we? And she started well, whoever she was talking to, I don't know, was a spirit guide, a family member, whoever, she right. was in the tween. And that was, I was only 19 years old and I never had experienced anything like that. But what it did for me was open up this expansion within me to realize, whoa, she's speaking to someone I can't see, you know? Right. It was, it was just an amazing experience and like, I knew she was getting ready to make her passage. And I just kept holding her in prayer. And I wasn't sure if I was going to be there with her final breath. And as it turns out, I wasn't. But I knew I was waiting. I was holding the light with her. And the minute I felt that, we got the call and and found out that she had made her passage. 
But just to have the experience of the life review that she was experiencing with with her guides, with spirit, was amazing to me. It was eye-opening to recognize what someone is when they're in that in-between worlds of one foot in this world as you're letting go of all of the things you've experienced, stepping into this new realm is it was phenomenal to me. Yes, and it to the soul, it's not a new realm, but to the avatar, to the human, to the part of us that's lived this life, it's it's something entirely new because we've we've formed in this life, but we're connected to this consciousness. And I think that's what was what you just shared with different people, that was always amazing to me. With Bonnie it was her mother and uh I can't remember now if it was a friend or sister that had passed younger. Uh, I was with a good friend of mine, Anna, and I had gone a few times to be with her. And it was funny because the very first time that I went, because she was, we knew she, she was terminal and things were happening. And I had worked with her in different ways over the years when she had surgeries and different things. And, and we became very close. Matter of fact, we were birthday buddies. For a few years, we threw our birthdays together downtown because she was a big downtown personality as well. And, I went in and she was like, Charles, I'm sorry I had you come. I don't think it's time. And I'm like, we can still, you know, we can do this and open it, open the channel a little more. And, and she goes, it is so open. She's like, it's amazing. She's like, I've been talking. To, she had lost a sister when she was younger. So I've been talking to my sister. I've been talking with my aunt. Uh, my, and she was Native American. And she said one of my, you know, he wasn't related, but he was very close to our family and he was a shaman, he had, had came and spoke with me. And so if you, so I feel like I'm there, but can you help me? She goes, I feel like you need more help. She said, I'm going to have my mom and my son come in because I think they, I'm ready. And the, the, the window's opening. I know it's not going to be today, but I know it's in the coming in the next few days, but I want them to be present while you do this while we do this journey and I did a guided meditation going to the light being the light and just creating that when the time comes, you can just connect with this light and relax and, and connect with, you know, these people and entities, spirits that are around you. And her son was probably 14, 15, also a brilliant, intelligent on his way to be his own shaman and spiritual person uh, and her mother. And it was so powerful for me because the family was there experiencing it. And I, a little bit into it, I got, oh, I see what she's doing. She wants them to see that, A, she's going to be okay and and that, in a sense, be part of this process. And mm-hmm. what was so powerful for me, for her, and that came up for a reason, I guess, tonight, because anyway, is that, again, I so I went a few times, and sometimes she called because her mom would call and say she's getting close. She'd like you to come up if you can, and I'm like, on my way. And... Then she was waiting for her natural father to arrive. Uh, she had only known him, long story there, but she'd only known about him for about 10, 15 years. And, and she was waiting for him to arrive. And he had been delayed through travel, things that were happening, weather, I actually think at the time. And he arrived. He, she came to see her. They had a conversation. They all left the room. She passed. What was interesting mm-hmm. for me is that 
again, this had been going on, so I knew it was coming. Just like Michelle, we we've all had those times and we weren't there present. But is this happened, and then I was home and on especially in, on a and it was a Friday night, I believe, because I was on Friday night spiritual nights. I do the even you know for years I've been doing Friday night spiritual nights even in person. But then the rest of the time I really get spiritual, and a lot of times I will even stay up till sunrise getting in meditation and getting deep. And so I was in meditation when all of a sudden I heard her and she said, it's my mom is going to talk to you. You, I you passed, you know what I mean? I'm here now. Thank you. My mom's going to get a hold of you to have you come out and be part of my ceremony with you. Know, Cause she, again, she was native. She's like, the, the, the route is going to be difficult. I know it's asking a lot. This, this is not just for me. This is for you. And I was like, okay. So I ended up getting a call from her mom. I'd like, you know, this is like three, four in the morning. And I ended up finding later that's about the time she had passed. And then I ended up getting a call from her mom saying, would you like to uh, be part of the ceremony? We want you to join us. And I said, Okay, and she said, well, it's going to be a four and a half hour drive. You're going to have to spend the night because this is out on the reservation uh, out north in North Washington here. And she said, then you need to spend the night and then we'll be doing it the next day. And so, you know, and I said, no problem. I'm going to do it. And so I did. I went there. I met in their tradition. You stay with the body overnight with the avid, you know, and then the next morning so that there, and there's things that go on throughout the night that are very spiritual and they have shamans and different people that are participating and uh, creating ceremony and, and uh, transition. And I was, I, I gathered with the shamans and they were very welcoming and I said, you know, I'm not sure what you want my part to be. I'll do what you need me to do. And I can tell you, you know, I'll just tell you one of the most amazing things is that one of the shamans said, uh, you know, we can sense and feel you and you have a good heart and you've connected to soul, but you've also had many things going on and he pointed to my head. And he's like, to be ready for this, are you ready to just connect with the spirit? Let go of everything and just connect. Nothing else matters. You're here with Anna. You're here with the family. Just go connect with the spirit. And in a little bit of being a mind, you know, having an ego, I was like, well, hey, you know, like, I'm cool. <laughs> you know, like, I know stuff, <laughs> you know, and he's like, yeah. and he's like, I know, I know. He's like, he's like, just, just take some time and go outside and connect with spirit. Go with the intent of spirit. And so he and a couple other people gathered around me and then they had me go outside in silence. And, and I went out and what I witnessed was just amazing in the sky. It's like, I saw, I saw amazing, like what I, the only way I can describe it is like their forefathers, their spirits, their shamans, the energies of their, of, of what the spirits around them. And then like these things combined into one. And then it went off to this place in the mountain and I could sense Anna. And I mean, the things I saw, if I described it in deep people, people would have said, you're crazy or what kind of drug were you on, you know? And once I mm -hmm. finished the experience, I went in and I said, you know, I described myself, I saw these things and then went over here and they all got together. And like, I'm all like, oh my gosh, right? <laughs> and then this happened and mm -hmm. this happened and then this deer came out and then this happened and oh my gosh, this is, was amazing. 
And then I looked on the clock and literally like four hours had passed. And I was like, whoa. Wow. And they're all like grinning and looking at me and nodding like, okay, now you've connected the spirit. And then when I showed him, I had to, I had to bring the guy like, you got to come with me. I want to show you what it all went there. And he was like, we'll go there tomorrow. And we'll show you. And that turned out to be one of their sacred, that was a sacred space, a sacred that where they created things and I had no idea of that you know what I mean and so I realized that Anna was right you know you're going to make this journey and it's going to be a lot to do for me but you are going to experience something that's going to change your life as well mm. and when I think of all mm. in it, and I know you must have some too that but I think of all the people that I know and all the times that I've been blessed enough to be there when somebody is passing over it's what you get out it's it's it's, it's you get so much more by being someone who's there to facilitate that and and i do you feel the same profound privilege and blessing to be with someone, whether you are physically or spiritually with them, there is no time and space in that experience and it is life changing. That's all I can say about it. It is life changing because there's so much that you're sharing here. I I just want to roll back about what you're talking about with letting go of the ego, because when people are approaching the end of their life, there's, 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 it's kind of, I think you use the word window, but there is like this little turn that happens where maybe the family's gathered around and everybody's telling stories and and people are talking to one another. But then there's a time when the person that is leaving this world begins to turn inward. And sometimes families have a hard time with that because they feel like they're leaving before they leave. Um, but, But the thing about that is that's them turning within to their inner journey. The, and and part of what is happening at the end of life is what we call like an ego diminishing thing where the ego strength is no longer there right. you know you cannot keep you you cannot keep up the ego when your body is beginning to withdraw from this world because everything that you thought you were in terms of identity has gone away there is a dying of before you die and in that say you were uh, a parent or you were you were a, a, a leader or you were whatever you were in your life you're not that in this moment that all goes away you know the things that you do or have done goes away and all there is is you know that turn that that inner inner review, inner life review. That's where they're turning inward to that experience to say, I'm having, just as my Nana had, I'm having this experience of reviewing my life and I'm turning from this world. I'm I'm letting go of my ego. My ego is no longer needed here. That identity is gone away. Yes, and everything so that I've experienced. Of, yeah, yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. And and that's why it's so 
intimate and it's so sacred. It is, I've heard so many people refer to it as this is holy ground because there is a silence that happens that is so powerful when you hear that final breath leaving the body and you sense that spirit being freed from their physicality and you recognize that, whoa, that whole identity of whatever we thought that was has changed because there is like movement. You know, there is that movement that, that, that um, letting go, that un, unwinding from all of this and just being lifted up, you know, and it's powerful. It's, it's sacred. It's amazing. Um, yeah. The kinds of things that can happen, but then at the same time, Charles, and I do want to mention this because I, I want to say that in that place where people are experiencing, whether it's the unfinished business or the life review, not everyone wants to make a correction with their family member. Say, yeah, even correct. if they're coming. Even even if there's no that they're maybe days from leaving, they're not going to say whatever it is that person expected or hoped that we're going to say. You know, and I think that's one of the things I think it's important for families to recognize is that not everyone is going, even if they know they're dying, are going to come together with you in the ways that you hope. Sometimes we can help, you know, as loving beings like as you have been in other people's life and I have to make those connections but sometimes they don't happen in that way for families and um and and that there's you know sadness for me in recognizing that that they left this world maybe without being able to cross all the T's and do all the things that they had hoped, whether it was pride or whether it was whatever it was, it just right. didn't happen for them. And yes, so there, definitely, it's there all free choice yes. right up to that breath. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. I mean, right. It's like, it can be very beautiful. And at the same time, there can be family discord. There can be, you know, just like what you were saying there, that Anna was like, she knew she had a knowingness who she wanted to be there on purpose and there's some families who aren't invited in that inner circle because of whatever family things have happened whether they were extricated from the family or whatever they didn't even mention that person and they left this world and, and that gap of emptiness for the person that didn't get acknowledged as being part of their life whether they're they're a son or a daughter or or a parent or whoever it was um, a child. So, I mean, there there are so many different ways that we can leave this world. And I think the things that you were talking about is that don't wait. Don't wait for, you know, a life-limiting diagnosis to truly decide to live your life on purpose. Don't wait. Yes. Um, uh, if you have unfinished, this is the, the part that I learned from being with the dying 
and being with ones who recognized consciously that they were dying, but they were consciously living life, is that I have an opportunity each and every day as I wake up and I celebrate my breath each and every day that I have a new day and whatever I'm called to do in that day, if I have unfinished business, guess what? I get to I get to embrace that. I get to journey with that. Because when I'm at the end of my life, I'm already visioning who I want to have to be with me in my circle. And yeah. I'm already envisioning that I have I have done my inner work in such a way that I have lived in peace and then as I leave this world, I leave this world in peace. As as it was shared by this one beautiful man who um um talked about being a passerby, which is Yeshua's words. When he mm-hmm. said about being in this world but on other, he said, be a passerby. And that's truly, I I know that that's the gift that being with the dying has given me, is I get to not only celebrate um, the the gifts that they have given me, but I get to look at my own life and to decide how I want to leave my life. I get to decide that. Yes. I get to envision that. Maybe it doesn't turn out that way. Maybe I'll walk across the street and the car will hit me. But at least I've talked to the people in my life and they know what's important to me. They know what I value. They know the kinds of things that would make my heart sing if I were at a life-limiting illness, where I'd want to be, what kind of environment would I want to be in, what would be important to me. Those are things I've communicated in my life. And so one of the things that I I celebrate is recognizing, just as you said in the very beginning, we know as we are born that death does come. There's something yes. about this life we know that we don't get out without dying. I mean, that's just part of the evolution of life. And so even though we live in a culture who really believes that that's not going to happen. And so when we get to be with people who are experiencing uh, life-limiting illness or they we've journeyed with them at the end of their life, we recognize the blessings they share with us and the things that they value and the things that became important. We begin to have the opportunity to ask ourselves the very question, have I had the conversations with the people in my life? Do they know that I love them? Do they know what's important to me? And it gives each and every one of us, no matter what age we are, the opportunity to have the conversations with the people in our lives to know what it is that makes our hearts sing and what kinds of things do we find important and value. And I think that that's a true gift if we can look down the road, not when we're 80 or 90, but when we're 20, when we're 30, when we're 40, you know, to really be able to recognize that this is something that all of us get to go through. How do we want to experience? How do we want to see that? Yeah. How do we want to experience it? It's a, it's a great gift that we can embrace. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And like you mentioned, there are, there are people and I know them, I know them personally in my life and many clients and friends that I've worked with that. Yes. Because of 
again, if if someone in your life has been an abuser or someone you know someone in your life rejected you, uh, as many in the LGBT community, but also I know of others for a variety of reasons they get rejected, uh, then they create that family of choice. They create the people that they say, okay, so these are the people that love and respect and can be around me. And and like you mentioned too, there are people, it's all free choice. There are people in our lives and there are people in, in my life that also right up to the end decided not to change. They decided to live the life exactly as they've been living it. And and whether that upset you know, other people or not, they didn't say what they, you know, and I know people that were like, I was hoping to hear this or I was hoping to hear that. Um, and then that becomes a, a deeper conversation at times because people do have free choice and they get to decide. And some people do decide to go out as they've lived their life and no change. You know, it's rare, but I've seen it. I've seen some people that were, you know, but for the honest words, lived in a, in a lot of negativity and, and, and kept that right up to the last moment. And I think Many Lives, Many Masters, awesome book, talks about how you can go through many lifetimes, sometimes learning a single lesson. It's also not a judgment, it's a discernment. Um, and two, and we've had a lot of some people in the, in the listening on phones, some people, people that have come and gone and some that are in the chat room. If you do have questions, just raise your hand by pushing the one button on your phone. If you're just listening and enjoying, that's more than fine too. Um, one of the things I want to discuss before we got into our meditation for tonight, and, and we like we've discussed tonight, we're talking about how we've been able to be there for people that have those diagnoses, that have that time. And the other thing is that, like you just said, you know, we could anything could happen to any one of us at any moment. So there's that's and there's four more people I know in my life, if I think about it, who died suddenly as opposed to those that you know, you don't always have the time. You don't always know it's coming. Mm-hmm. And so if they're and it's not even about repairing those relationships, that's a piece of it, but the biggest piece, and you've spoken to to it so much tonight too, is healing yourself so that mm-hmm. you can then experience in every moment what you've had so that if you have those moments, if something were to happen, you feel like it's all right. I've done, I I feel good about things. And yet if I'm still here, then I have a mission. So I want to make that clear too, to people that might be out there because I always make a distinction. There's a big distinction between people and and souls and humans who who they knew their time was short. Um, Even some that didn't know why, but they knew they, you know, they weren't going to, you know, I like a client shared with me earlier this week. She had a uh, a relative who, throughout their whole time growing up, always said, "I won't be old. I never see myself being old. I never see myself getting married. I never see myself this." And something happened, you know. But there's a difference between that and having diagnosis and people that just get depressed or get in what we've called like the dark, the dark days of the soul. And mm-hmm. I want to speak to that for a moment too, because those dark days of the soul, if you're still here. You have a mission. If mm-hmm. you if you are not even if you are diagnosed right now, you probably you you are becoming more connected with your mission. But if you're not and you're depressed and you're in a dark day of the soul and and like you you described it perfectly and we both know working in the works we've done that there's within this lifetime within within the avatars there are many things that are deaths of their own 
One is if you have someone mm-hmm. close to you pass, that's always a big one. If you do lose a job or career or make change, if you have a change in your home, if you have a change in, a major change in a long-term relationship, all of those things are a death of sorts in a real way in your mm-hmm. life. And they can, and so there can be people, and I've had people in the past that were, you know, I literally had a client once that said, so if I'm really, really Charles, if I just know that, and that I just need to go, can you just guide someone in the light, even if they're otherwise healthy, you know, like maybe that's the way. And I said, no, 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 that's never the way. <laughs> if your avatar mm-hmm. is still here and you're healthy, then you need what you're going through a dark day of the soul. Give yourself those, find what brings you pleasure, what brings you light, what brings you love so that you can connect do like we did and take those journeys out into nature. Um, if don't let the dark day of the soul define you. And we've both been there in, in times in our lives and not mine literally had physical scares that thought, wow, is it happening to mm-hmm. me? You know, I had moments where I just felt like you have a choice to make, you know, and I shared it with mm-hmm. a client the other day and I hadn't thought about it in years, but she mentioned something like, oh my gosh, I had something like that. Years ago, and when I think about it, it's so odd because it was right before, within months after this, maybe like six weeks to two months after this is when I really delved into making changes that led me into what I'm doing now. Because I got to Spokane and I fell back, I was, because of my background and my resume, I, I thought, well, I'll go back to school and I'll connect with some people. But I got right back into the retail management and ended up running a couple stores and doing all that. And I thought, this is not what I want to be doing. And one day I was driving down very icy, snowy weather here in Spokane at the time and coming down this hill and heard so clearly a voice that said, are you ready to die? Do you want to die now? And I was like, no, <laughs> no, I don't <laughs> <laughs> matter. No. And, mm-hmm. and, and that instant within a seconds of that being said, I was coming down this hill. It's a very crowded area. And in front of me was a truck. And I realized at that point, a gas truck and he started to jackknife. And I was in my little car. Wow. And just like my client described this week that happened to her in a similar situation, in that moment, I cannot tell you why my hands and feet did what they did. But somehow, mm-hmm. I was able to get my car to where the entire way down this hill, I was kind of snugged in, in between the trailer and the truck of this truck going down the hill. And then when we got down the hill, wow. and he was able to steady out when we got there, there was not, there was literally no other traffic. I was going really early in the, to, in the morning to work because doing some things. And he literally rolled down his window and I rolled down my window and he's like, are you okay? I'm like, okay. He's like, that was amazing, man. And I'm like, I don't, I don't know what happened. I'm just glad I'm still here. I'm glad you're still here. And I, and, and that, like you were talking about in that moment for you, that to me, I was like, wow. So that could have been it. Like, and and if I'm still here, then it's not to do what I've been doing right now. <laughs> I mean, you know, within the rest of my drive, I was already thinking, okay, <laughs> wow, that could have been it right there. If I have so much more to do before that moment happens. 
And mm-hmm. and it's funny that I hadn't thought about it literally in years. I mean, I used to think about it and even talk about it from time to time, right around that time, because it was so powerful. And like like the client had shared, it was so powerful for her too. It made a big change in, in certain things because she realized somehow in that moment, one and two paths were there. And one and if the one happened that you're still here, and I've talked to so many people that will have those moments, will have those times in their life where they thought for so many reasons that this was the end. And then things happened after that and they went, oh my gosh, thank goodness it wasn't. And there were so many things I wanted to do and experience and be part of. And if you're still standing, my friends, there are things that you want to experience and do and be part of. And I'm reaching out to you because I'm feeling it in my heart. If you're out there tonight listening and you are struggling, you are going through a major transition and you are in that dark day of the soul, love and light are on the way, my friends. Hmm. You're here for a reason. You're here for a reason. If you're still standing, as one of my friends say, then there's a re- then you're you're not here just to stand. <laughs> if you're still standing, you're not here just to stand and be still. You're here to experience, and not just for yourself. Because when you experience your life with joy, you spread it. Absolutely, absolutely. That's our interconnectedness, Charles. It's um, we if we had the eyes to see. Sometimes we we recognize it, and sometimes we don't. But perhaps being kind to someone in the grocery store changed their whole life. Yeah. You know, there's that possibility. You don't know what's happening in that moment. And I think that's some of the things that can happen in the life review is to recognize that or the near-death experience is that, wait a minute, I'm not done. You know, I have more to experience here. Um. I have maybe not the full understanding of my purpose, but I recognize, just as the Hopi people, I just heard this part of the Hopi prophecy last night, and it was so clear that those of us have chosen to be here right now. We are literally on sacred ground in a precipice that's so powerful, and yet we recognize that planetarily we are going through the dark night of the soul. And there are things that are happening on this planet that could truly shake us to our core. But recognize that in our place of unity, we will get through this. We, the light is there within us. Sometimes we go through those times, but in those times it strengthens us in ways that go beyond words to describe. Yes, and the and you, most importantly, and I, I love that. I love I love the Hopi, uh, all the things that they've written and shared because it comes from such a tradition that's so rich, and that and I've mentioned it before in other shows. We chose to be here. We yeah. chose to be here. Our souls vested to be part of these avatars at this time, even as much of a time and struggle it is. And in the avatar that they're in. <laughs> so there are souls that mm-hmm. came to be here for just a few weeks, and they touch many lives. I've been enriched in the last few weeks of my life to be working with someone who was a parent that lost a very young child and was struggling mm-hmm. to understand 
why be here for such a short time? And then realize, and then begin many lives, many masters. He went through the same thing. He lost a child like at three months. We can, we can have impacts in our lives in a few weeks, a few months, a few years, or 90 years. And each moment is another moment to renew ourselves and bring that awareness. And if you're here, you're here for a reason. We chose to be here at this. And it is in so many ways, on so many levels, what's happening on one hand can seem like, oh, just you can become part of the fear. You can become part of the, uh, you can be convinced that life as we know it will not exist tomorrow morning. And the truth is you might be right. I can't I can't logically mm-hmm. tell you that that that's not a possibility, at least as we know it, but we're still here. The planet's still holding us. We have some work to do. And I really believe, my friends, and I, I know Elizabeth is with me on this one too. Mm-hmm. As much as as much as one day the sun will overtake, you know, a few hundred million years and whatever it is, I know there's that someday this planet won't exist. Right now it does. And what we get to do is two things, decide how we're going to experience our lives together and possibly working together, extend this experience so that more souls can come and experience it for a longer period of time. That's, that's mm-hmm. the gig that's up. I fully believe it. Mm-hmm. That is the gig that's up for us here on Mission, that how do we want to spend these days of our lives and can we work together to extend this experience so that more souls can come and experience it for possibly a longer period of time than if we choose to end the experience in a moment, which is always a possibility, although I really believe more and more of us are pushing for that extended experience, (laughs) even as, you know, the battle rages. The battle rages, my friends, but we're still here. And we're here with purpose. (laughs) Now, yes, and the Hopi people really uh, emphasize the power and the opportunity we have as humanity to come together, not in a place of judgment, not in a place of fear, but in a pure place of love and recognizing that each of us is the beloved. You know, and just like I was listening to Nelson Mandela's speech or whatever when he talked about that you know everything has light some of it might be greatly hidden but it is all within us and sometimes we get on a roll where we feel that we have to judge the darkness or we have to make this wrong or bad or whatever it is and and maybe there's moments for that however when we come together in understanding, when we come together with love and recognizing that our interconnectedness and our love is the binding force of the universe, when we can get with each other, truly reaching hand to hand, that was when I started to share with you the retreat experience where Mm -hmm. we're all holding hands or locking arms and we are in the spirit of love, united in that love, the power of that experience transcends any fear, transcends any judgment, and that moves us to a place of recognizing that we are not alone. We are together. But it's our own stuff within ourselves that create the separateness. It's our own stuff 
that we have the opportunity to heal and reach out to one another with pure love and understanding and compassion as we watch some people walking through very difficult times, but to realize we are here together and we can support yes. each other to to recognize the truth of who we are and to recognize the light that lives within us and to let those channels be open to allow ourselves to be filled with everything that is already within us, just filling it up and to yeah. help each of us recognize the beauty and the beloved that we are. That we are and each of us are. That is, and you said it so probably is, it's, and once you realize in an awareness and experienced way that you are this beautiful, cherished part of the one, hand in hand is that. So is everyone else. Mm -hmm. So is everyone else. So it is. That's why you can't judge them because you haven't had their experiences. You don't know what they're going through. You don't know what they came here to experience. But what you can do is bring love and compassion. And it's one of my favorite sayings from Jesus, what you do to the least of these, you do to me and my father. You know, what you do to the least of these. Mm-hmm. They, and, and then there's judgment already because what you perceive as the least of these <laughs> are the ones you need exactly. to be helping the most. And, and, and mm-hmm. when, you, when you do as you and I have been called on at times in our lives to work with people that were seen as the least of these, that families and society judged very harshly. And I remember at times, even parts of my more distant family, when I was involved with some of the things with the Inlars with Age Coalition, they were like, oh my gosh, are you sure you're going to be okay? You you know, be sure you do this, this, or this, or that, you know? It was ridiculous what people were, how people were acting. And like they had, you know, and, but yet Jesus in his time went and hung out with the lepers. <laughs> you know what I mean? You, right. if, you, if you touched a leper, you could get leprosy. It was how the disease spread. Mm-hmm. But yet there he was. And those mm-hmm. were people during his time that were very judged. Because if you were, if you were physically mm-hmm. deformed in any way, that was somehow God's judgment on you and your family. And that was what people honestly believed, though it was untrue, just like all the judgments that come from as well-meaning as might be religion, it, where they, they're all wrong. There is no judgment. Everyone's God's children. Everyone. Mm-hmm. And, and it's, I'm not downing religion, but that peace, and it's been, and now as many religions and many denominations of different faiths have come forward and realized, yep, we were totally wrong about it. I love the, the, mm-hmm. the newest Pope who has said many people in the name of Christianity have done many, many bad things. And many people that were never Christian have changed the world. I'm paraphrasing, but it's mm-hmm. absolutely true. It's absolutely true. And he stated over and over again everyone's God's children. Everyone's part of it. You don't have to be Catholic or Christian to be God's children. You are it. You're already it. Yeah. <laughs> Period. We how are you, that. How you practice your spirituality does not determine whether you're a child of the creator. Because from the moment you took a breath, 
and exist in this life, you're a child of the creator. You're one of the ones. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. Yes. Yeah. Now, one thing, yeah. we, we've, we've gone a little bit, but that's okay. We've got plenty of time. And I did want to take a moment. One of the things I wanted to share tonight before we got into our meditation is what are some things that we can share if there are friends and family out there that have someone that's going through this transition? What are some things that we can say? And I know you have a special, uh, and I can put a link to that up too, like a that special thing that you did with hospice that really goes in depth. But what are some things that we can share for friends and family if you do have someone that is going through that transition? What are some ways, ways that they can provide awareness and understanding and love, hold space and love and light for those in their, that might be passing over, that might be transitioning? Well, the thing that comes to me, Charles, number one, always, is is our presence. That's it. Our presence, how we show up, uh, and showing up without expectations necessarily, but showing up and listening and allowing that person to guide us in how that we can support them. It can be simple as a hand massage. Can I can I rub your feet? Can I play some music that you would like? Can I sing to you? Can I just sit here in silence and be with you? Um, yes. I think that our presence is the key um, because, and we have to sometimes kind of put our expectations on hold Say we come into a situation and we've driven 2,000 miles to be with this person that's at the end of their life, but maybe we haven't been in their life for a long time. And so it's important to acknowledge what that person's life is all about, who is in their life. Um, you know, can we, can we, how can we support them? You know, and sometimes it's asking the question. How can I support you? You have family members that know they've had conversations of what's really important for them. I would want to know that, you know. And sometimes people will tell things like, well, my, my, they told me, just like when you were told, you're supposed to be here. I want you to be here. And there's right. been times in my life where some of the people I was case managing, I, I didn't even expect it, but they said I had this dream and, I was saying this to you, you and you and you are going to be here. And that included me when it come close to the end of my life. You know, there were certain things that are revealed to us that are, well, we know it's important. And we might be called to a hospital where someone's on a ventilator or someone's on a breathing machine. And how do, what do we do? How do we show up? And I can remember times of stepping into those situations because they asked me to play the harp for them. And I made sure to include all the family members and made, you know, connection with them and thank them for allowing me to be there because their loved one wanted me to be there at that time. But the most important for me for me was to listening within and, and just going with the flow and allowing myself to be comfortable with the silence. Yes, yes. That can sometimes be a challenge for people, but it can also be one of the most important things is just being mm-hmm. 
and like and and, and again yeah. ask asking what they need and and many times it might yeah. just be holding their hand it might be just holding that space mm-hmm. and for others mm-hmm. and I know people have, I've I've seen it in my life with people too is that it becomes I even heard it one time from somebody that uh, one of the first times was years ago when my stepfather became diagnosed with a chronic illness and it did change the way that he could be and express and experience life. And within a few weeks, some of his family members started making up excuses. Like they used to get together on the weekends and do different things. And it would be like, Oh, we can't do that. And then at one point I remember, and I'm not, won't point anybody out, although I think she's also passed on at this point, but anyway, a family member said, well, it just makes us so uncomfortable to see him like this. And I remember thinking to myself, oh, my gosh, it makes you uncomfortable to see him like this? How do you think he feels? <laughs> you think he's comfortable? You think right. he's having the time of his life? Like, wow, wow. But I know people that will say it's really hard for me in these ways. And I get that. That's part of your experience. But if that is you, if you're the type of person that it's really hard for you to go and be, work on that. Create some healing, create some mm-hmm. create some awareness mm-hmm. and some courage because the experience will be transforming for you as well. Um, so my advice would be to fight to fight through that, to find out what's holding you back and realizing because I've seen some of those same people then later say, Oh my gosh, I never got to say this or do that or be that. Well that's that's why you need to work through. And then also you're not in a space where you're prepared for your own time if you're you know that's the thing it's it's a reality and a part of life and the longer we live I remember my grandmother at one point just a few weeks before her passing sharing and calling me up and saying Chuck I can't say this to anybody else because they'll tell me I'm giving up but I'm not giving up everyone around me has passed my peers my your grandfather my friends, most of the members of my family, no offense to you and my grandkids, I love you and I've had great experiences with you, but I'm ready to go. And I know the time is coming. And and she said, I can tell you this, Chuck, the longer you live, the more friends and family that are going to pass. And what we just have been speaking about all night long, and I'm getting goosebumps right now, how we choose to experience it, that's what's up to us. Mm-hmm. That's what's up to us, and that's mm-hmm. that is the key. That's so beautiful. My <laughs> yeah, it is the key, and the key, the other key that you were talking about is so beautiful as well. Is when she said, "This is my time." She knew it, you know. And we have to recognize that not everyone in our life is going to be in agreement that this is okay, that you're leaving this moment now. So I just wanted just a little segue. There's something that happens when someone is at the end of their life and we have that conscious journey of dying is anticipatory loss. And not only is just like what what you said, is the person that is leaving this world as having to say goodbye to everyone in their life, everyone and everything. And the person that is there with them is saying goodbye to you, and maybe they aren't quite ready, but that person is saying, no, no, this is my time. 
And and it's just important to acknowledge that when you were saying about doing our own work, yes, we're going to grieve. But can we be in a place to still allow that person to be where they are and to let them know, but we have to do this authentically, that it's okay. You know, it's okay. I'm going to be okay. I will miss you hugely, but I'm going to be okay. That sometimes, that is why a family member that is so close will be in the room or, say, uh, a lifetime partner, and they're not going to leave when that partner's sitting there. But the minute they go out for a cup of coffee, they make their exit. Yes. Now, isn't that interesting? Because I know that there is sort of like this connection, and it's not like a hold, but if if all of a sudden the energy moves a little bit, I have a wiggle room, you know? I, I feel like this is where I can make my journey exit right here. Yeah. And so that's why if we recognize that, if we can be attuned with the person, and a lot of times that can happen with really tuning into the breath because people that are at the end of life kind of go into a labored breathing experience yeah. where, well, they'll breathe and then all of a sudden there won't be any breath for And then you think, oh, that's it. And then they'll start breathing again. But there's ways that if you're present with someone, you can do a synchronized breath with them and do it with them like they're in breath, you're in breath. Their out breath, your out breath. It can be very powerful in terms of that sense of energetic communion with them. And that is a way that can be very calming to the person and to yourself because you're really attuning with their breath and you're you're just really in that place of allowing and surrender. But again, people that are leaving this world, they are in the tween. They're aware of you and what you're holding on to or maybe what is there. And don't be surprised if they might say, speak to something about that with you. Yes. Um, But you can also speak to that with them, even if they are in a coma or even if they're in a place that doesn't seem conscious. People in comas or lack of consciousness are totally there. So they can hear the things you're saying. So some of the things I would also recommend is don't talk about the person as if they, they already died when they're still alive. Because yes, they are I've seen that too. Oh my gosh, right? Yes, yeah. they're consciously with you. And if you want to, um, you know, send them off with some loving blessings, a hum, a song, something, a prayer, something that you want to share with them, then or something you know that's important to them then uh, what a beautiful opportunity to do that. But just recognize that uh, just because if someone is seeming like they're not conscious doesn't mean they're not aware and attuned with you. Very much so, because both, both you and I have experienced that a lot with people where they'll, when they do, those that do come out from some of those things will say they were very aware of so much more than what people thought. Um and often mm-hmm. that talking or that experiencing or being with them can bring them back to moments of consciousness as well. So, well, we have, wow, 
and, and that we can do more shows. Uh, I mean, it is such a thing, right? It's just so deep, yeah. and, and the experience is if, – if you do – and again, if you do get that chance, because for many of us, we're going to have friends and family members that we don't get that chance. And that's why live in the moment and live in the now, whether it's your chosen friends and family or your natural friends and family and live in the now. And the most important person to live in the now for is yourself (laughs) and your experiences Mm -hmm. and your calling and your mission. And we are going to do meditation tonight. That's going to be a little bit special. We're going to connect to your soul consciousness. And then because of tonight's theme, and I knew that people may be joining us, did have someone who's transitioning this meditation will have create the experience where you can share some love and give some energy and some love and some blessings to those who are going through that uh, transition add your energy your soul to that all of that energy that's coming around and helping them to the transition and also for those who may have had somebody who's already crossed over and you want to just give love connect with them as elizabeth shared sometimes we didn't get a chance to say certain things or feel certain ways or we did but we want to take a moment and just share our love and our gratitude and our appreciation for how they did touch our lives and so that's that's what we're going to do tonight or create this experience where you can go on this journey and this experience in having such experiences as Elizabeth and I have shared, we we have the unique experience of being able to be there many times. And I have talked to many friends and family over the years who also had that special experience. But for many of us, that didn't happen. You didn't have the opportunity to be there. And sometimes doing a, a meditation like tonight's where you can connect with your soul consciousness and you can connect even in just a spiritual, loving way of gratitude and appreciation with with a spirit that was so important to you in body can also bring some peace to your own knowing that when your time comes, this is a peaceful transition. This is a transition that we've done as souls many times. It's only the the mind and body. It's only the avatar that this is a new experience for. And Elizabeth has shared, you've shared many times out tonight, many steps along the way of mind, body, spirit, spirit experience and awareness is not learning new things. It's remembering the truth that's already inside us. Yes. 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 So we're going to take, and, and before we, we'll take, well, we'll do the uh, meditation first and then we'll talk a little bit more, but let's, let's get in a space, friends and family and those listening. And we're going to go into a place of deep meditation. And connection, and we're using a very special. And I, 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 I hope you're still there. I put you in the earphones too soon because I wanted to mention too Rainbow Dance, which we're going to use tonight mm. as the as as part of this meditation. Was something that we we created together for someone very close to you who had reached out to both of us to be there to help guide into the light. And then you've kind of remastered mm-hmm. it coming in tonight. You were inspired to say, "Oh, I think this music." would fit good with this meditation and this experience that we're creating. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thank you, Charles. Else, is there anything else you want to add about Rainbow Dance? And, and it's Well, when I was holding the space for this beloved, um, 
I I just visioned I envisioned her in this rainbow bridge and and she was describing this experience uh when I shared it with her as yes, this is how I want to see it at the end of my life. And so it was powerful because the music was kind of like taking me through the movements of while I was visioning that with her. And it was just very powerful. Yes. And just I, like one, thing is, one thing that I want to mention that I, I had for earlier on the night, but the rainbow bridge, why the rainbow bridge? Part of that is my friends, when people describe the light, a lot of people do describe the white light. But when you get into the dimensions and the astral light, one of the things that you discover is that it is, it is like a rainbow. There are multiple colors. That each, who knows what it all means. There's been books written about it with chakras, with connections to astrology when you're born, with connections to what your soul is more aligned with. But definitely, when you begin to experience the light, deeper and deeper and i've heard it from so many clients from so many friends and family that are connecting with it 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 is a beautiful light and it is rainbow colored even though we'll see it and sense it and have times that we'll really own it as a white light when you get deeper into the experience you begin to see it is all of the spectrum of colors okay so let's beautiful. get come yes thank you and let's get comfortable and relaxed and we're going to go on to a little bit of a journey tonight, my friends. And as always, you can listen to this and come back to it and experience it every time that you need to. But allow yourself to get relaxed and comfortable and in a peaceful place and get ready to go on a journey into your soul consciousness. And then you can share love with one who's going through this transition. If you have someone in your life who is at this point where they're transitioning from body to soul, and or you can do both. You can also, we're also going to create a space where you can connect with the soul or consciousness that has already crossed over, that's been a big part of your life, that, it, that can bring some love and inspiration and connection for you. So get comfortable and relaxed and allow the beginnings of the music from Rainbow Dance to guide you to that rainbow that light. Just allowing your mind and body to relax. Nothing to think about. Nothing to do. Just allowing yourself for a few moments to have an experience of your mind and body and spirit connecting with the very core, the very center of your soul. Allowing this amazing and beautiful energy to flow into your mind and body and bring peace and relaxation Allow the sound of my voice, the sounds of nature, the beautiful sounds and this beautiful meditation music to allow you to connect deeper and deeper, more and more with the very center, the very core of your consciousness. Allowing you to sense and feel all of the energies of your mind and body connecting with this beautiful light, this beautiful flow, and allow it to begin to wash away any stress or anxiety, any frustrations or fears, 
and just allow yourself a few moments of awareness and connection. Allow any of the times of your life that you felt judgments or fears to just be melted away and allowing yourself for a few moments to connect with the very center, the very core of this amazing life, this amazing connection to your soul. Allowing your body to become more and more relaxed, more and more at peace. Allowing yourself to sense and feel and connect with this very deep and beautiful energy that is allowing you to sense, to feel, and to experience from the very center, the very core of your consciousness, the very core of your soul. Allow yourself to feel the love, the inspiration, and the peace that's flowing into your mind and body, that's flowing into your consciousness, allowing yourself to begin to experience and sense and feel from the very center, the very core of your being, the very core of your soul. Allow the sound of my voice, the sounds and vibrations of the tones of the music to bring soothing peace to your mind, love and inspiration to your heart. Allow yourself to sense and feel and allow for a few moments experiencing deeper and deeper the very center, the very core of your soul. And to sense and feel this beautiful life, this beautiful energy, allowing you to move more and more into your life body, more and more into your soul, allowing this beautiful energy, this beautiful life, just easily relax your mind and body and just allow your soul body your deepest consciousness your light body to just float into this life allow yourself to experience floating into this beautiful life where your mind and body fill with peace and love and inspiration Allow yourself to sense and feel and connect in a very deep and relaxing way with this amazing, beautiful life. Allow yourself to sense or feel being in your soul consciousness, being in your light body. Allow yourself to sense and feel and connect with this beautiful rainbow of light. 
to feel and sense this amazing light surrounding every part of your mind and body and soul and see and experience all of its colors, all of its energy. Allowing yourself to feel this beautiful love and inspiration and peace and experience and see, sense, feel and hear the beautiful vibrations of this peaceful life. Just allow yourself to think of that special person. Maybe it's a soul in your life, a special human, someone that you're very close to that you know is at this time of transition. And send them amazing love and life and peace from your soul to their soul. body being in soul you might even sense or feel their soul there with you is there in transition is there in that middle space and just sense and feel your soul your energy yourself sending beautiful and amazing love and light to their soul to their consciousness to their bodies, allowing yourself to sense and feel that you can sense and feel yourself now being in a space where you're connecting with this light, you're connecting in this beautiful place with the very center of your consciousness, connecting with this light, connecting with this rainbow bridge. This part of you, this light, this energy that's flowing through you, that's always present, connects your soul with the consciousness, with all of the souls that you're connected with, the souls that you're connected with in this lifetime, and the souls that you're connected with who have already passed over. And allow yourself to sense and feel and experience that you're in this beautiful garden of light. That you're allowing your soul and your consciousness to connect with this beautiful place. This amazing garden full of birds and water and trees and flowers. And everything in this beautiful place is made of this amazing light. Even the breath even the air that you breathe 
is this beautiful, peaceful, inspiring energy. It's allowing you to be more and more present, more and more aware of this amazing garden, this beautiful place, this beautiful place on the astral plane where souls and consciousness connect. And allowing yourself to sense or feel or connect with the energy, the soul, the consciousness that you need to connect with tonight. Maybe it's someone who's at this transition of life that you want to connect with. Maybe it's somebody whose body and mind is so far into the transition that this is a way that you can connect soul to soul and say and express and be all of who you are with them. Maybe somebody has passed and you didn't have that moment to say and express all the things that you needed to share. The gratitude, the love. The true thankfulness for the way that they inspired and shaped and were such a grand experience in your life. And you want a moment to sense and connect with their soul. And say thank you for the blessings that you brought my life. Thankful for the beautiful ways that you touched and changed my experience. Thank you for your love and your inspiration. Thank you for the blessings of being a part of the life that you experience. I'm going to go quiet for a moment and just allow you to experience the connection to the soul, to the consciousness to that spirit that you needed so much to experience tonight. That you needed to share love and connection and thankfulness with.
and just allowing yourself to sense and feel the inspiration, the love, the peace, the connection that you've had with your soul. With this beautiful soul that you chose to connect with and share with tonight. And allow yourself to begin to sense the inspiration, the peace, the love coming into your heart and your mind and your body. Bringing you to a place of connection and inspiration and motivation in your life and your mission. Allow yourself for a few moments to expand and to begin to feel the love and the strength and the inspiration from all of the beautiful souls that surround your soul and love and life that are there to bring you power and strength and inspiration and peace that are there to support and bring vision and mission and experience into your life to allow you even in the darkest moments to know that you are never alone. To know that in the moments of frustration or judgments or fear, that there is so much more to your experience, to your being, to your power, to your inspiration. Taking a deep breath and allowing yourself to both be aware and awake and present. Allowing that beautiful energy that's flowing into your mind and body to bring you a peaceful awareness to your mission, to your experience, to your love. And if you're fading off to sleep, then allow yourself that beautiful sleep and rest. And if you're 
have more to experience in your Friday night, spiritual night tonight, my friends. Allow this connection to your awareness, to your being, to your mind and your body to bring you great peace and love and experience throughout tonight and this weekend or any moments that you might be listening to this in the future. And allow yourself to be awake and aware and in that flow of inspiration. I'm going to bring Elizabeth back on with us. Are you there, Elizabeth? Yes, I am. Thank you, Charles. That was so beautiful. That was the rainbow dance combined with the liberation suite, I believe. Yeah, it was a beautiful it combination. <laughs> and I do uh, want to remind that people that. Oh, go ahead. I was just saying that was beautifully shared. Thank you. And a combination shared with your beautiful music and with the words of spirit and the words of spirit that and in your spirit and love that created it. And friends, if you're out there and you've enjoyed the music tonight and we've shared on some of the other shows where we've been blessed to have Elizabeth's music, the link to her music at heart sounds by Elizabeth com. There's all sorts of beautiful music there. There's also a spot there where you can make a donation from your heart to help in the beautiful works that Elizabeth is doing and providing this music. There's some connections there where you can also see and connect with uh, purchasing CDs, things like that. It, but Ella, but Elizabeth, like me, shares so much of it to be there for you when you need it, when you want it in your life. And what comes around goes around. And we know if we share goodness and loving, beautiful things with you and it touches your life and it and you are in a place in your life that you have some prosperity and you'd like to see Elizabeth do more of her music, you'd like to see us do more of what we're doing on the show, reach out, reach out to her there and say, thank you, Elizabeth, and here's something I can do. Same thing for us here on the show. You can just go email us at relaxletgobe at gmail and say, Charles, I want to help, or Charles, I'm thankful. And even if you're in a place, my friends, neither one of us are looking to be you know, millionaires and in any sense of the word, we do what we do to help and be there for people. So if you, if you too are in a place where things are just very, there's not the prosperity in your life right now, but you're needing this and this is helping you and this is bringing joy to your life. Send us an email, send us a thank you, send us, let us know how we're helping you and what we can do. And if you do have any questions, if you're listening to this later and you're thinking, oh my goodness, I have some questions for Charles and Elizabeth, you can email those questions, relax, let go be at gmail.com. We stay in very good contact with each other and would be able to mm-hmm. share and answer any questions. And another thing I'd like to mention, and we talked about it a lot in the first time we talked last uh, week about where your and tonight we spoke on different parts of your journey, but where your journey ended up in the, in the beautiful uh, cedars that surround you and, and this episode Mm -hmm. I've included a uh, link to the true self passage a gentle environment to inwardly nourish your heart and soul and talk about Mm. that a little bit because we talked about how we both have that experience of being able to go and be with nature and and connect spiritually so talk a little bit about true self passage well I would be happy to share that Charles and I guess the key is the place to nourish heart and soul. 
And I know from the gift of my experience of being in nature and in the silence, there's something about the communion of nature and, and, and the gift of that can very much be a consolation to our heart and soul and creating a place of safety where you know you have a whole community, a loving community that surrounds you, but you have unto yourself a hermitage in which you can have some silence or you can have an experience of wanting to be in communion with us here at the Cedar Grove and creating a time where we can uh, provide healing support, provide healing presence for you. Um, it's all by donation. It's We don't have any expectations for people. We feel if they're called to be here with us on the land, we're here to walk with you and support you. It's a very gentle and simple environment. Um, we have families living on the land with us and children living on the land with us. It's It's a beautiful gift to be here and have beautiful little trails that you can go and be and meditation benches where you can sit and just be in amongst the cedars. But for me, giving the gift of, I want to say, respite or giving the gift of silence, of just honoring yourself and knowing you are totally surrounded in a place of love and presence when you come. Beautiful. And what a, what a gift to to provide that for people who need it and who are on that journey wow. that they need that time to reconnect that time to experience spirit maybe that time to heal body or mind uh, is a beautiful expression a beautiful expression of your mission in in a deeper way as well well, thank you, Charles. And one of the things that miracles happen when we step outside our our own environment and our regular routines. Yes. And that's something that I have found in my life is, you know, we say we're going to do that. We're going to, you know, sometimes we'll go on a vacation, but we, we have so much we're doing in that vacation. We don't always just allow ourselves to be. So for me, just like stepping outside of our normal routine or normal environment and entering into a zone where it's unfamiliar, but yet filled with love and, and the gift of nature that surrounds you, it's, it's a beautiful gift we can give ourselves. Yeah, so if you choose to go to choose passage or not, choose those times, my friends. Choose those times to bring quietness and bring connection to nature and connection to spirit around you and into your life so that you have that break. Because yes, it's so important as Elizabeth shared to break that. When we want to make change, when we want to connect, or when sometimes when we're feeling lost or not in the flow of our inspiration, we need that break. We need that break from that routine, that, that different, location that different experience it's 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 healthy for our mind our as well as our bodies and spirits to do that i any last any last uh words you'd want to share tonight elizabeth well um i am just grateful for the invitation to be joining with you today charles because i think the things that were mentioned 
in terms of the gift that we have of first our our sacred breath, our sacred breath each and every day we is brand new, and so no matter what is behind us or no matter what is before us, we know in this moment we get to create it, and we have that treasure of being here right now and deciding and choosing how we are to heal, how we are to expand, how we are to be on purpose, and what a blessing that is, you know. And so I guess for me, I'm grateful to have walked with those who are making that transition because it's taught me about living life. And I am so grateful because there were many times, many dark nights, and there was always the recognition of the power of the light that I know with every fiber of my being surrounds me with every breath. And we are not alone. We are here and we're walking this journey together. Beautiful. And there's no words I can add. That's just beautifully said. And I will Mm -hmm. very much be looking forward to welcoming, welcoming you back to future shows. There's so much that we can share and experience together. And I'm very blessed and thankful that you came on the show tonight and that we Thank you, Charles. shared shared in this way with people. Um, mm-hmm. And we will be talking soon as well. And we'll definitely be having you back. I know it's a blessing for the listeners to have your energy and your words as well. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Elizabeth. Mm. Oh, thank you, Charles. Blessed be. Blessings be. <laughs> and, with, and with that, my friends, we will end what I think was a beautiful night tonight and so much shared. This is here for you to listen to and experience as many times as you need. We'll be posting our new shows over the weekend for the next couple of weeks. We've got some exciting things coming and... We're going to have some exciting guests coming and some exciting experiences. Our path to total consciousness continues next Thursday, but so many more beautiful things for this weekend, for this time, for this now, my friends. Relax your mind and body. Let go of fear and judgments. And with great and awesome joy, be all of who you are. I love you and good night.